Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. No stopping us. Fly without boarding pass. Couldn't catch me, I'd be moving fast. Call me a shooting star. Let them know who you are. Flying up in a bar. Wish on a star. Time to show them who's in charge. Call me a shooting star. Welcome, BTC, Universe, Empire, the whole Big Bang Shebang. I am your host, DJ Barbecue. We have a special guest here today, another one of those BTC members that only BTC members can do. The big guy, the premium... Primo Quality A, we have John Blaine. John Blaine, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. I hope that it wasn't too much to ask, and I hope you have a lot of free time here. But uh, thank you for coming, man. Uh, believe me, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Man, uh, so let's start off with everybody that's in the BTC here. Uh, they might not know you, or some of them might know you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little background about yourself? I'm a born and bred New Yorker, basically been here all my life. <coughs> um, I love sports, you know, baseball, football, anything like that, but mostly my devotion is wrestling. I basically, I, I think I found BTC on Facebook one time, and little did I know become almost be there for close to a year, okay. I think, because could be wrong on that. Okay. I haven't really looked lately, but no, it's a BTC has been probably one of the better Facebook groups I've ever been in. Right on, right on. So you said that you're from New York City. Got to ask. Yep. You said you were a sports fan. Uh, Yankees or Mets? Mets. Mets. Wow, Mets fan. Usually it's all the Yankees. Pretty proud of you. I'm a Twins fan, so you know I I, I can applaud you and uh, congratulate you for saying that. Uh, and thank you for saying that. <laughs> so yeah. when did uh, when did you get inspired, or when did uh, you get the so-called professional wrestling uh, itch? It's actually a funny story. 
I watched it a lot growing up when I was younger. I watched a lot in the Attitude Era. And then I actually fell off from it for a while. Okay. And about 02, when Cena and Orton and Lesnar, when they all came up, was when I kind of backed out of it. So was that kind of like when uh, WCW finally had its last uh, show and it kind of transitioned into that invasion? Yeah. Um, Skit. I think I stopped watching probably right when the invasion angle first started. Oh, okay, yeah. So the, yeah, you're you're just like probably about uh, a lot of uh, fans that did drop off. Uh, I I know quite a few of them. Um, what do you most remember about like the before that it actually uh, ended with WCW's uh, tenure? Uh, what are some of the favorite moments that you you liked? Uh, I remember my dad always watching it growing up. And at that point, I was maybe eight years old and not really, and thinking, oh, my God, this is real. What these people are doing is for real. And, you know, seeing guys, I mean, I was mostly WWE growing up, or WWF. Let me be correct on that one. WWF. Right. They weren't WWE until about 02, 03. Yeah, they didn't get the F out until about 03. <laughs> but, yeah, so we were mostly Monday Night Raw. So I remember watching the early days of Rock and Mankind and Stone Cold and, you know, Hunter and all those guys. And, that, and I mean, I, I, yeah, I remember eight years old, you don't really have a lot of true memories. Do you have at least one memory that uh, kind of stuck with you a little bit, like st just stuck to your ribs uh, from you being eight years old uh, with WCW, like one superstar or, or a moment? Honestly, what, one superstar stinks. Right on. I always thought I always thought he was somebody who would have been if he would have come to the WWF at that time, he would not have done well. You know, a, a lot of a lot of individuals say that he could have just like basically connected. He's like one of those individuals that had that gimmick, that had that persona, that that it factor, that seemed like he was on on the wrong show or with the wrong promotion. Oh yeah. But I think what happened also, I think the other way you can also look at it, is if you look at the main event scene back in that time, we're, we're talking late 98, early 99. I mean, you had Austin, you had Hunter, you had Rock, you had Mankind. You had at least 10 to 12 guys that were in the main event scene. You bring Sting in, Sting was going to get lost in the shuffle. You know, you speak of uh, getting lost in the shuffle. It is amazing. Uh, people bring this up too. How many top-tier talent? like superstars, like you were saying, main event uh, that was on the, the WWF uh, slash WWE at the time. I mean, you had you had Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had The Rock. You had Triple H. You had uh, Mankind. You had The Undertaker. Now, that's four individuals right there. Is there anything that you remember that sticks with you the most about those four individuals growing up watching WWF slash WWE? They... They really made they, they, when they were in their prime. Those guys, as well as guys you just mentioned, I felt that they really lived their gimmick. And yes, I'm aware, you know, years later that they don't live their gimmick. But when you're eight years old and you're seeing these guys on screen, you think Undertaker is really what he does when you're eight years old. Yeah, that 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 uh, I I thought about this over and over again, um, recently, and then you know few years ago there there couldn't be anybody else that could play him i mean they, they had that copycat for the match where it was the undertaker versus undertaker yeah but i mean talk about hitting a home run on giving that gimmick 
to the Undertaker. Um, he he's played it and has lived it for so long that every time, even up to now, from the beginning, it was just an awe, eye opening. You had kids dropping jaws. Everybody was like, "Whoa, what what is this?" To now, the same reaction with generations later. Yeah, he's he's what you consider an icon. He's somebody who will never get booed and doesn't get he, – he gets mostly cheered at this point. I mean, I remember watching him – I don't remember correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Was he at WrestleMania 35? Um, far as my knowledge, I don't think he was, but I could be wrong. But like I always said on any other show, um, everybody's going to fact-check us, and I hope they do. And uh, yeah. that that's their right. And if we do get it wrong, put it in the comments. Yeah, um, absolutely. But go but, ahead. My point was this. The last WrestleMania he was at, yes. Was he showing his age? Absolutely. But, I mean, this guy still has the same entrance music that he had when he first started back in the, late ni- in the early 90s that I-, I still have on my phone today. I still get chills going down my spine when I hear it. it they always said The Undertaker is Vince McMahon's greatest creation. You know, I do agree with that. Um Going back to where you said his last match, and you know he he showed his age a little bit. I I would agree with that, but I also would like to add, uh, you, you can't put two fifty-year-olds, even yeah. ones that are in their late forties, um, in temperature heat like that. I mean, people that haven't gone, um, I would say probably you you East Coast, uh, Southern East Coast, uh, uh, people could probably understand a little bit, but not as much but you go over there i've talked to several people that have been over in afghanistan in the military and thank you for their service um the the temperature is nowhere near even what what we get we I mean we can get the highest heat to where the heat index is uh with the regular heat is about 120 this heat that they have over there is beyond what anybody else is could even think of or or used to yeah no you're you're not wrong I mean, I know we'll get into it a little bit later, but I was at in Vegas back in May for StarCast and for Double or Nothing, and all everybody kept telling me was, oh, you're not going to be able to handle the heat out there. It's all dry out there. When I went out there, it was fine. Yeah. But that's what I'm used to, you know, summers that are dry. But Well, you get that you get that middle of the mid Midwest right where I'm at, all the way down to Texas, all the way out east. You go out to Vegas, and it's a cakewalk. That's just straight, direct, dry heat that has really, if not any, humidity. Yeah. Yeah, it was, believe me, I, I noticed that when I was there. I, but when I was there also, I didn't get any higher than maybe 80 at all. Right. And it was comfortable every night. So, you, you know, you did say that you went to Double or Nothing. Now, I, we've, we've known each other for for a few months now, uh, especially because of BTC. And, you know, BTC is one of the, the, the sponsors of this show. And also uh, White Claw. Uh, you, everybody got to remember, there ain't no laws. Why drinking White Claw? And also it's sponsored by Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Midwest All Pro Wrestling is out of South Dakota, and it is the number one wrestling show and promotion in South Dakota. And that is owned by Eugene, uh, former WWE superstar himself. So I thank you for the sponsor. Um, getting back to what you were saying uh, earlier to me um, before the show started, and you bring up a good point. There is people that are bringing up the the AEW effect, 
or I think what you called it also the Cody Rose effect. Uh, why don't you go into detail with uh, with those two uh, situations and kind of let the audience know uh, if they don't know what you're talking about. Well, the Cody Rhodes effect is something different from the AEW effect. The Cody Rhodes effect would be more for guys like Hideo Itami, who's now known as Kenta on the independent scene, somebody like Dean Ambrose, who's now known as John Moxley, where you get a superstar who's not being used properly in a company who then sees what Cody did and turns around and goes, I'm not going to resign with you guys. I'm going to go out on my own and bet on myself. And look at what Cody did. Cody, in the last, I would say, six months, basically has turned the entire wrestling landscape upside down. Right. And the guy hasn't even had a television show yet. Do you, do you know, added to that point, you said Kenta. Do you think because they're so micromanaged, do you think that's the reason why a lot of these superstars get injured so quickly? Because they think too much? Yeah, because they're too... I mean, I saw Double or Nothing. I've watched a lot of independent shows, especially lately. And if you watch a lot of these independent shows, these guys are not so micromanaged. I mean, when you look at WWE, they're so micromanaged that it's like, okay, I have to do this move, I have to do it now, or the whole match gets screwed up. Right. And, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue is they're so micromanaged and they don't really – I mean, let's be honest. WWE does not give their wrestlers time off. Unless they specifically ask for it. Yeah, they, you know, they, they're supposed to be independent contractors, but by this point, since we're old enough now, I mean, as kids, we didn't know this. And as kids, we, we thought that they were living these lavish life, and some of them do, but not all of them do. Um, no. They, they they don't get the, the, the benefits of, like, some of us that are honored and um, um, thankful enough to be able to have, you know, insurance and stuff. And they got to pay that themselves. Um, but I don't, they don't really go by independent contractors, truly. No, because if that was the case, if they were truly independent contractors, then they'd be able to work for any promotion they wanted to. Right. Um, the so, only one... so go into a little more detail with the, the whole AEW effect. I know that's a big topic for a lot of other, uh, individuals that are in different, uh, uh, promotions and just fans in general bring it up. Um, tell the fans out there that actually maybe not have a clue, um, and, and that's okay, but tell them what the whole thing with the AEW effect is. On on my show, Comeback Wrestling Show, we it's me and two other guys. The other two guys in the show are gigantic AEW fans. And they were actually the ones who coined the phrase originally, so I want to give them the credit for this and not take it all by myself. And basically what it is, if you look at the whole landscape of wrestling, ever since AEW came into the picture, look at a company like Ring of Honor, for example. Ring of Honor used to, I mean, they sold out the Garden. Madison Square Garden they sold out. Now they just did a show in Toronto, SummerSlam weekend. And yes, I am aware they had another show up in Toronto the same night, but if you see pictures from the venue, it looks it looked empty. Yeah. And a lot of it is you look at I mean, unfortunately, the problem that it came to is this: In the three shows that AEW has done, Double or Nothing, Firefest, and Fight for the Fallen, they've kind of set the bar for professional wrestling quite high. Right. And other and fans now are getting tired of 
the booking decisions of WWE, the booking decisions of Ring of Honor, New Japan, and any of these. Because they look at it as that AEW is a standard bearer now. I mean, you look at at the three events, like I just mentioned, Double or Nothing, Fighter Fest, and Fight for the Fallen, you can't tell me there was one bad match. There's maybe one or two bad matches in those three events. Well, there, there was, like, if you want to talk about, let's say, Fight for the Fallen, uh, Brooke Baker, uh, Brooke Baker, or Britt Baker, um, yeah. you know, went to the wrong uh, corner. Um, but, you know, she was, she found out, or they found out later on that she had a concussion. So she got knocked out at least some point in that match, and that's understandable. Um, yeah. I do understand that people think that since AEW came around, that that's the reason why Ring of Honor hasn't had the fan base as as it is. And yes, that I can see that in some ways, but in other ways, it's a rebuilding year for them. They do have the same concept, and, and I don't know if a lot of people realize this. They did start doing, and I've, I follow this right away because I, I try to stay within the independent pro wrestling scene because I, I've always, and I'll admit, I was one of those that was in the WWE bubble, and people like kind of stereotype that because if you just watched only WWE, well, unfortunately, that's the only thing that was out there. Um, bless the Lord that we, uh, um, and the higher of the wrestling Lord to be, that we can actually watch as much wrestling as we can now because we never had that as a kid. I'm pretty sure you, you didn't have that as a kid as, as well. Um, no. Uh, that's assuming that you're you know, younger than me, um, but that doesn't matter. The point of the matter is, is like they they have these smaller performance centers, if you want to put it that way, like the WWE has. So they have this thing where now they go on and it's kind of like their version of NXT, which is actually kind of thinking about it. And you might remember this. You remember the power plant for WCW? Yes. The, the thing is, is that Triple H was part of that power plant as Terror Rising, which I, I didn't know what happened to that guy until, like, years later. Um, <laughs> apparently, he owns a, 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 a minor league company within a company uh, and married the boss's daughter for some reason, but Terror Rising's been doing pretty well for himself. But anyway, going <laughs> back to uh, Triple H, uh, he was there, and he wanted to use that concept. I remember interviews, he kind of talked about it, or, or one of the other wrestlers mentioned that and said he was thinking that years ahead of time, yeah. and now it came to fruition. Um what do you think the future is going to be with all this wrestling, you know, that's, that's happened um, on these weekends that we, we get, I mean, it's, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, is it just going to keep staying the same in five years or is it going to start dying out? Oh, I don't think professional wrestling is ever going to die out because it's, there's, it's so, it's a gigantic industry. Right. But I mean, I from, from dying out to where, it would be with what we have now. Some of them might, you know, try to consolidate or or get bought out from the other one. Do you think that we'll go back, um, back to the same thing where there's just you know two dominant ones, and then all those other ones kind of go a little lower to the independent, like some of these smaller ones that you see in in other cities? No, because I think I think obviously the top two right now are going to be are WWE and AEW. I think yeah. those are the top two right away. I think when you look at the other promotions, I mean, we also have to remember, NWA is getting a show probably in the next couple of months. Right. They've been doing some vignette trailers. And, and that, that you bring up a good point. A lot of individuals don't realize that a lot of things that these um, wrestling promotions are trying to figure out, and they've, they've some of them have figured it out, 
they do small little vignettes, little shows on YouTube that goes in between their own shows, which yeah. connects everything. And I think that's where the the separation um, in a negative side has come for, because some of these fans uh, that we have, uh, you know, if you want to call them the true ones or, you know, kind of, you know, part-time ones, and I've, I've heard both uh, sayings, but I think that's where they get confused and they don't understand, and that's why they're so hard on AEW because they think that, oh, well, th this is the only matches. Because I think somebody mentioned that uh, they weren't going to pay the amount of money that the uh, All Out's going to be. Well, I mean, with that, that this could be a, a long talk for another show. Uh, I remember when all pay-per-views were at 50 bucks or even higher. I mean, yeah. we're getting spoiled with WWE Network. Well, I think what's going to end up happening, talking about the pay-per-views, I think once AEW starts building up a library, don't be surprised if AEW doesn't come out with the AEW network to compete with WWE. Now, you know, I've heard people talk about that, and my whole thing is, is like they have with Championship Wrestling of Hollywood and Championship Wrestling of Arizona, and they got others, you know, states, other cities in, in certain states that – that are within the United Wrestling Network, why wouldn't they do something like what Fit does or Fight uh, Fight App or even Access TV? Why don't they try to get multi-organizations to show their shows and try to unite so there's like one? Because it's just like what it's getting with uh, some of these other you know streaming services. It's getting too much to where the, the money might get tight. Do you think that might be a downfall for some of these promotions doing separate networks, even though you have one that's the big almighty? Yeah, yes, because I think that people are going to compare it to the WWE. Right. Because look, look what happened. I'll give you a great example. Look at Impact. Impact had the G. I don't remember what the name of it was beforehand. Before they switched over to the Impact. Plus. Yeah, that was the Global Force Network that. Uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett like that. was trying to do with Global Force Wrestling, and then his merger with uh, Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and it got compared to the WWE. And look what happened. They had to rename it and redesign the whole thing. I think what's going to end up happening, because I know like a company like AEW, for example, they work mostly right now with one specific company out in China called OWE. And, Which has a lot of premier talent. Yeah, but I think that's going to be one promotion. And I think what people also have to remember, the reason why AEW hasn't worked with a New Japan or Ring of Honor Let's be honest about something here. And I'm being completely real with what I'm about to say. The way Cody, the Young Bucks, Adam Page, they I wouldn't say they kind of screwed Ring of Honor, but the way they left, it's not like they gave Ring of Honor time to build up these new guys that Ring of Honor would be in the situation they're in. Because you look at, I'll give you a great example. The Young Bucks left New Japan. Why didn't they get a farewell tour? That's a good question. But at the same time, like, I do know that from what the, I, I've looked into, um, that's kind of the, 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 the over and over same concept that New Japan Pro Wrestling has done over the years is where they really don't build up. I mean, look at some of their wrestlers that were wrestling on their pay-per-view events and their shows. I mean, God knows that, and everybody knows if whoever watches it, they do a lot of shows on a weekly basis yeah. um, and different reasons. I mean, they have the population to do it and the fan base to do it, 
but like they have wrestlers that have been wrestling there in the main event or you know in the main card uh main roster part for years and they just haven't and i know that was the one thing that um tama tonga mentioned at one of his tournaments is like it's all old faces like if it wasn't for the individuals of the bullet club and different uh members added in there and transitioned i don't think they would have had the success in the uh, to transfer over to the united states success that they do yeah i mean they 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 don't they didn't have the time and i'll give you that one um but at the same time do you really blame the 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 athletes over the actual front office no but i think the thing is also i think we also have to look at it this way it's yes the front office does get blamed for it because they're the ones behind the scenes but when you look at the end of like cody's run in ring of honor or the young bucks run in new japan i think it all depends on how they left that also has a big part in it and I think, and I think, speak, going back to your New Japan thing for a second, I think if I'm New Japan, I'm scared shitless right now. Are we allowed to curse, by the way? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, why the fuck not? Okay, I'm just, just asking, just asking as the professional radio guy, I'm just asking. Um, no, it's a good question, it's a good question because a lot of, uh, a lot of guests have called in and, and they kind of, they're, they're a little, you know, uncomfortable because they want to, you know, talk like they normal. But, I mean, I put it this way, and I looked at the rules. It wouldn't be BC, BTC uncut if it, if it wasn't uncut. Of course. My, the only reason why, why companies like Ring of Honor and New Japan are scared shitless right now, because as AEW continues their rise to success, who is to say when you got guys in New Japan who haven't sniffed the title because it's been around Okada's ways for, it feels like, an eternity, also they're going to look and say, oh, wait, my contract's up in... in a couple of months and look what's happening right now with AEW and they're going to give me more money where I don't work half the days. So I'm going to go join that. I, 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 you know, I thought they always should have had a, a partnership, but I think most of that is kind of, I want to say the front office's big ego, not wanting to do a partnership with them with AEW. I mean, they already had, they have kind of a semi working relationship with uh with moxley being over there and now you know um uh, moxley's out until you know whenever hopefully he's back when they they debut on uh tnt but you know th you're right they have okada with the iwgp heavyweight championship and it's just like are you trying to be uh Br bruno san martino and i mean no one's ever going to be a bruno san martino but it's it's like they're in this and this goes with all all organizations it's like they're kind of in this time vortex to where they think the championship needs to be on one individual like it used to be back in the the, the 40s the 50s and 60s and even up yeah. through the 70s maybe the 80s yeah, i don't i mean that's why i had a big problem going back to wwe i had a major problem when brock lesnar held the universal title for his second for his you know his previous one before not the one that he had that when he came back from Money Bank. I'm talking about the one that he had that lasted over 500 days. Right. Because my mentality is this, and this has always been my mentality. I don't care what company you talk about. If the belt is not on TV at least once every couple of weeks, it loses credibility. It does. And I think when Brock had that run, 
with the with the title for over 500 days. I said this on my show constantly, and I got ripped for it. I felt that it lost a crap ton of credibility. Well, um, I always said that it's just basically okay. They had this concept, Brock. Listen, you're the you've been the UFC uh, championship heavyweight champion. Uh, here's what we'll do: your gimmick. We'll still let you wear these shorts, these gloves, and guess what? Since you were world champion in in W in in UC. Uh, the U- UFC, we're going to have you as a champion in WWE. You know why? Because we're going to get those UFC uh, fans yeah. and bring them over and cross-platform here. I think this is some good shit. You know, and that's the problem. That's all it was, was an article of clothing. Exactly. And, that, and that, that's me, my opinion. I mean, I hope everybody makes, a, you know, puts their comments and, you know, what their, their opinions are uh, down there. But um, it, it, it makes it bland. It makes it stale. Yeah, because like I like it now that WWE is doing the King of the Ring tournament, because I'm hoping that whoever wins that can become the number one contender, or I'm hoping that after Clash of Champions that it's somebody new who's getting put into the title picture. Because I read tonight, somebody I read through one of the tweets actually that supposedly Bray Wyatt, or let me rephrase that, the Fiend is supposedly in line to get the next title shot at at a Hell in a Cell in October. Supposedly he's ready to be advertised. Well, I hope that's true. He he definitely, as as an individual that's stuck in it there with everything that's been thrown at him, I mean, he had a hell of a gimmick from the late Dusty Rhodes, God rest his soul. Um, you know, Bray had that opportunity. He gave They gave him a title, and I think they gave him a title way too late. Um you know, yeah. and I can be wrong, but they had that op- opportunity to make that a lot better. And they had like a, a situation where they could have had the baton handed over to him, passed over, the, you know, t- from the Undertaker to him or even Kane in some cases. Uh, and then they dropped the ball once again because of poor booking. Um, you know, his his new gimmick, The Fiend, I think it was it's been done right. I hope they still keep him off of wrestling and make him just a creepy come-from-behind individual because that would be new. He shouldn't have to be out there. His 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 character's aura is what's over. Yeah. Do those Firefly Funhouses, but make him come in like, you know, obviously have a match every pay-per-view, you know, or every time they do some type of in-between. But he honestly, with his aura of his gimmick, he shouldn't be out there. Um, I mean, maybe he can be out there on, on their house shows, but he should at least um, just keep it creepy. Keep it, like, uh, new. Because once you just keep going out there, then they start having the same old matches like they, they always do. Well, actually, I have a funny story about The Fiend. That when he actually debuted at the Nassau Coliseum against Tim Balor, I was actually in attendance for that show. And I remember Finn Balor had the match with Samoa Joe. It lasted, I think, not even two minutes. And Finn Balor's in the ring. He's celebrated. And all of a sudden, the, the sections of the arena go out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, we, I see him in the ring. And I've never seen 14,000 New Yorkers at one time scream out, holy shit. Unless you're, you know, on the 405. Of course. Well, they, that that's that that's California. Okay, that's so California. then you're right. I was wrong. Yeah. 
Well, well, I unless they're on, top. unless they're downtown, you know. Hey, get out of here. Hey, I can also top that. I was also in Vegas the day that Moxie debuted. That that was that that was that was a lot of people. Um, real quick before we end the show here, you you brought up the whole you know the the Fiend debuting and you brought up Moxley debuting on AEW. I love the concept that so many of the haters are getting their foot put in their mouth because they didn't think that Bray Wyatt was going to debut after they thought he was going to debut the the one before. And then they did their stuff with Finn Balor. They didn't I mean they they were all like knocking it knocking it. John Moxley on the other hand also they were also knocking Oh, it's a work. It's a work. He's not doing this. It's a work. And a lot of and, and and they've been getting proven wrong over time, over again, over time, over time. And I love it. I absolutely love it. This is this day and age um makes me feel like I was in my teens because this is the kind of stuff that I remember. I think the problem is is people don't like not knowing what's going on. And I think that's where AEW is doing a very good thing because you don't hear a lot about the matches. You don't hear a lot about the buildup for All Out now, do you? No. Unless you do watch the YouTube channel. Now with yeah. The Fiend, you don't hear a lot about him. You don't know. He's like mysterious. That's why I said keep that aura, that that freakish, creepy aura about him yeah. and let him just show up randomly attacking people in the ring on TV. But don't have him on both shows. Don't have him on uh, during a match, just let him come out in pay-per-views. I think this is the perfect gimmick. Now, also the perfect gimmick storyline also is with Moxley on that other hand is perfect. I mean, I, I, I hope he gets better. I know everybody else um, kind of critics criticizes him for not, you know, for going out there and getting hurt where he should have just waited for the show because a lot of people were expecting to do that. But, I always like to look at the positive side here. The way that they had Omega cut a promo on this situation to add to that yeah. is also genius too. So you have two individual storylines with the Fiend and Moxley. You know, you add a little Omega in there. And I think this is like the stuff that I remember when WCW was around, when the NWO was first starting up the mysterious part of it. And I think we're just here for one hell of a ride and I, I, yeah. I think people need to realize that this is a time that us fans back in the day when there was wwf wwe uh wcw two of those big ones and this is what we dreamed of is having this much access to professional wrestling still i i, I we will talk again and i know that we will have this discussion but i want to bring it up real quick i really wish People would quit hiding and being too afraid, if you know what I mean, to uh, admit that they're professional wrestling fans. Um, and I can go into detail a little bit later than that. But, uh, John, I do appreciate you coming on. Um, right before the music hits and we end the show, please, the platform is yours. Express what you have coming up. If there's an event, if there's a show, if, if you're going to go buy a, a, a deck of cards, the, the the stage is yours. Thank you. I, I appreciate being on the show. You can actually catch me every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. 
on the Comeback Wrestling Show. We talk all things wrestling. Uh, this week's show will be our all-out preview. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have on a few guests here and there. That is Pharrell of the Wrestling Perspective Podcast will be on. Former Taz manager Bill Alfonso will be on as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, like it was said before, and I will repeat it, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, and there's no better time than, than what we have right now. So I appreciate you guys having me on. You, you know what? Thank you. The, the, the pleasure is all mine, and you're right. This is a hell of a time to be a wrestling fan. Um, I do appreciate you coming in. Uh, uh, can I shoot and stop? Got more than a couple of people going mad. I swear they're rooting hard. Tell them I'd be big in the game like she went and got them breast implants. I said I'm moving too fast. Didn't even get a glance. I'm ready to eat up track like I'm seated in a restaurant. If you had swag like you know it's best to plant. We are hating because you want. Shining like it's neon. Rock like kings of Leon. Across the galaxy, I stand out, so don't be mad at me. Infiltrate, I'm with my strategy. When I turn up, then my bitches have to leave. Shooting stars across the galaxy, I stand out, so don't be mad at me. Infiltrate, I'm with my strategy. When I turn up, then my bitches have to leave. Yeah, 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 shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah, 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 shoot, 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 yeah, 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 shoot, shoot, yeah, 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 shoot, 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 shoot